Good morning again. If you have your Bibles this morning, it, uh, before as you're turning in your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, we're going to dismiss our children today. We have a, a plan and a program for them to go to. So, uh, Nehemiah, Old Testament book of Nehemiah, as the children are leaving, as we uh, get into this new year, I want to share with you a message today entitled, Praying over burdens, praying over burdens. A burden, by definition, is something that we carry or something that is carried. Something that is a weight that, that we, we move, we carry with us, we take with us wherever we go. Throughout history of the Christian faith, there have been a lot of ministries and, and areas of service that have been born out of burdens that were carried by individuals. I think of a few that most of us are familiar with. Billy Graham's burden for evangelism continues to impact the world through the Billy Graham Evangelistic Society or Association. He had a burden to evangelize and to share the message of Christ with the lost, and that Burden led him to a ministry and a mission and a work that continues today. James Dobson, we're familiar with that name, had a burden for the Christian family. And so that burden brought about the focus on the family ministry that continues today and continues to bless the lives of many. People who have burdens... And those burdens then become a ministry or an area of service or an opportunity to help meet needs in others' lives because they're carrying that weight or that burden. When someone has a burden, one of two things is going to happen. Either they will fuel that and they will follow that burden in their hearts and in their lives, or they will do nothing. And they will push it down inside and allow it to stay there until it dies. But when we have a burden, one of two things will take place. And it depends on how we respond and how we react as to which one of those will take place. This morning as we look into the book of Nehemiah, I want to share with you that the, the secret of a life full of power is a life full of prayer. That Nehemiah had great power, but that great power was fueled by prayer about the burden that he faced. He was a man of prayer throughout all of his life. When he had a burden, when he was discouraged, he prayed. We're going to see that in our text today. When he was under attack, he prayed. When he was weak and powerless, he prayed. When he was happy and there was victory, he prayed. Over and over again in the book of Nehemiah, we see Nehemiah going to the Lord in prayer. Maybe there's a burden in your life. Maybe it's a burden for, for a family member. Maybe it's a burden for something in your own life that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a, a burden for... Someone that you know who's lost. They're headed in the wrong direction in life. They, they seem to have no direction or no path or, or no passion or no commitment. Maybe there's some other burden for a need or a hurt or, 
or something that's going on in someone's life and you feel a burden that you carry to, to try to meet that need of those who are neglected or those who are marginalized. And so then the question we ask is this, is what do I do about that burden? How do I respond to that burden in my life? What, what is there that I can do in regards to that? And in Nehemiah, we see that Nehemiah had a burden. And in his burden, he gives for us an example of, of a pattern, of an outline of what we can do to deal with the burdens that we have in our heart. If we go to that very first chapter of the book of Nehemiah, it tells us there that he received news that the walls of Jerusalem had been torn down, that the gates had been burned, and the people, that God's people, the nation of Israel, were vulnerable. And then beginning in verse 4, listen to what he says. Now, it came about when I heard these words. He heard the news about Jerusalem and about God's people and what was going on. I sat down and I wept and I mourned for days. That sounds like a burden. I wept and I mourned for days, Nehemiah says. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive to thine eye, and thy eyes open to hear the prayer of thy servant, which I am praying before thee now day and night. On behalf of the sons of Israel, thy servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes, nor the ordinance which thou didst command thy servant Moses. Remember the word which thou didst command thy servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though those of you who have been scattered were in the remotest parts of the heavens, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. And they are thy servants and thy people whom thou didst redeem by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, may thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and the prayer of thy servants who delight to revere thy name and make thy servant successful today. And grant him compassion before this man. Now, I was a cupbearer to the king. The passion that Nehemiah had, the burden that he carried for the nation of Israel, for the people of Israel, for the city of Jerusalem, for the walls and the gates that had been destroyed and burned, he had a burden. He said, I, I, I'm weeping and I'm mourning day and night over and over and over. This burden is on my heart. What can I do about this? And so there are five things that I see in the pattern of this text 
that can help us in how to pray for our burdens in life. The first is, he started with praise. Look at verse 5 of the text and notice that it is much like the Lord's Prayer that begins our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Praising and exalting God. Look at verse 5. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and the loving kindness of those who love Him and keep His commandments. He said, listen, you are an awesome God. Your loving kindness is amazing. So, so he began immediately to praise Him for the character of who God is. He began to give Him the recognition for who He is and the characteristics of who He is and what that means to Him. It's important for us when we come to prayer to praise the Lord. Because as we praise Him, we recognize and identify His characteristics. And those characteristics are what lead us to know and to understand that He has the power to do things in our life. He cares about us. That's a characteristic of God. He loves us. That's a characteristic of God. He hears our prayers and He answers our prayers. Those are characteristics of God. And He has the power and the ability to do something about the need that we express to Him. And so as we begin to praise Him, suddenly our heart begins to be strengthened and our understanding of the importance of prayer and what God can do in our lives and how He will move in our lives. It begins to build our confidence in praying to Him and seeking Him and seeking His will because we know that He's listening. We know that He loves us and He cares for us. We know that He desires for us to pray to Him. We know that He has the power to answer our prayers and deliver. And so begin with praise. If you have a burden on your heart and you want to pray about that burden, begin by praising God. Praising Him for the characteristics that recognize His ability and His desire and His willingness to move in our lives and to help us to deal with the burden that we're facing. Second thing I see is this. He continued with persistence. I mean, when you look at this text, you begin to see the persistence of Nehemiah over and over again. Look again, if you would, at verse 4. He said, he began to weep and to mourn for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. For days, he said this one. It wasn't just for a few hours. It wasn't just for today or tomorrow or he said, for days, days on end, I was weeping in the morning, I was fasting and I was praying. He said, I was persistent in my desire for God to help me in dealing with this burden that was on my heart. He continues in that, if you drop down and look at, at verse 6. Let thine ear now be attentive to thine, eye, and to thine eyes and thine eyes open. To hear the prayer of thy servant, which I am praying before thee now, listen, day and night. Persistence, continuing to pray, day and night, fasting and praying and weeping and mourning for days. He continued in this commitment to prayer daily. The burden was so great on his heart that he continued steadfastly. I think sometimes we give up too easy. I think sometimes there's a burden on our hearts and, and we begin to pray about it and we ask God to do something about it and then when something doesn't happen immediately, well, we just give up. We surrender. 
Notice this. He said, I am praying day and night. I am fasting and praying for days, he said. This is a continual process that I am committed to of determining what God is going to do in my life and how he's going to affect this burden that's on my heart. I think too often we, we don't stay committed or faithful and we're not persistent to figure out what God wants us to do about a burden. And so we pray about it, we think about it, and we don't find anything, we don't realize anything, then we, we move on. And he says, there, there are days that I'm weeping and mourning. There are days that I'm fasting and I'm praying. That I'm bringing this before the Lord night and day. That this burden that I'm faced with, I cannot give up on it. I want to continue until there is an answer. I want to be faithful till there is a response. We meet the littlest of opposition. We, we meet the smallest of resistance. And we just throw in the towel and we're done. And Nehemiah didn't do that. As we read on in the book of Nehemiah, we know that when he went to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and to reestablish the gates and to call together God's people again, that the enemy was attacking, that there was military attack, that there, there were, were people who were resisting to what he was attempting to do. He didn't give up. He remained faithful and committed and followed through on the burden that was on his heart. He was steadfast and immovable in regards to this. And there was an execution that he carried out in his life to continue steadfastly and persistently in seeking God's will and being obedient to that. The third thing that we see today is this. He confessed and he communicated the burden. We go again to that sixth verse and we look and see what he says about this burden that he's dealing with and how he communicated it and how he confessed in relationship to it. He says, Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open to hear the prayer of thy servant, which I am praying before thee now day and night. On behalf of the sons of Israel, thy servants confessing the sins of the sons of Israel. Now listen to what he says. Which we... Have sinned against thee. I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against thee and have not kept the, the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinance which thou didst command thy servant Moses. Now remember the word which thou didst command thy servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. He said, listen, here's the problem. The burden that I have is for the nation of Israel. They are, the walls of Jerusalem are torn down. The gates have been born and people have been burned and people have been scattered. I have a burden for this, but, but it's plain to see your word tells us that that's going to happen. And it's going to happen when we don't obey you. It's going to happen because of sin. It's going to be happen because, because of our disobedience. It's going to take place because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. It's not that you weren't doing what you were supposed to do. It's not that you weren't honoring your word. It's because we didn't honor your word. It's because we weren't faithful. It's because of sin in our life. It's easy oftentimes when there are problems to point fingers and blame someone else. Notice Nehemiah didn't do that. Nehemiah took responsibility. 
Now, he did say the sons of Israel have sinned, but then he says, what, we, he includes himself, and then he specifically comes and says, I and my father's house. He says, listen, yeah, there are other people that have made mistakes here, but he said, I'm a part of the problem too. I'm a part of what's going on here in the disobedience that we haven't kept your commandments or your statutes. We, we have not been faithful to what you have called us to in your word. He said, the burden that I have is for the scattered nation of Israel and the destruction of, of the city of Jerusalem. And he says, but we're part of the problem. The sin in our life, the disobedience, the, the way that we've acted and things we've done, that's what brought this about. And so he accepted responsibility, he confessed their sins, he communicated the burden to the Father, and he said, I'm a part of the problem. I want you to hear my prayer, I want you to listen to me, and I want you to give me an answer of how we can resolve this, what we can do to, to correct this mistake that we've made. But I am a part of the problem. I, I think too often we want to point fingers. We want to place blame. And we're not willing to begin with admitting we're part of the problem. Not willing to recognize and say, listen, I've got a burden. And part of the burden is, is that I'm part of the problem that's going on here. And Nehemiah was willing to do that. He was willing to confess, to admit his sin, to admit his shortcomings, to bring it before the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive him and give him direction in what should take place. Fourth thing we see is this. He claims God's promise. He listens to what God had promised in the past, and he believed in it. Notice in that verse 8, as we read, he said, Remember the word which thou didst command thy servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But now listen to He says, listen to verse 9. But if you return to me, that means we were there, we left, and now we're going to return. If you return to me, he says, <clears throat> and keep my commandments and do them, though those of you who have been, have been scattered were in the most remote part of the heavens, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. And they that are thy servants and thy people whom thou didst redeem by thy great power and by thy strong hand. He said, listen. I began with praising. And I know who you are. And I know your power and I know your presence. And I know that you're listening and you hear the burden of my heart. I, I confess that we've sinned. We've been disobedient. We have not followed your commandments. And I know what your word says. If we don't do what you've called us to do, you're going to scatter us. You're going to disperse us. But he said, I also know the promise of your word that if we will return, if we will come back to you, that you will be faithful, if we will be faithful, to hear our prayers. And if we will confess our sins, your word says that you are faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all the unrighteousness that we've committed in our lives. And that you again will go to work in our lives to bring us together, to unify us. For the cause of your kingdom. He claimed the promise of God's word. When we are facing trouble. Trust God. And take the wisest course of action. When we are facing trouble. Trust God. And take the wisest course of action. It's exactly what Nehemiah did. 
He was facing trouble. He had a burden on his heart. He went to the Lord and he trusted Him. And he, he listened to His command. He claimed the promise of God and said, God, You've promised that You will bring us together again. That You will forgive us of our sin. That You will establish us again. And You will lead us in the right direction. And God, I'm calling on You to do that. Begin with me. Begin with forgiving me. And then give me direction on what I am to do about this problem and this burden that I'm dealing with. Fifth thing he said was this. He presented himself available. He presented himself available. Look at verse 11. And look at what he says there in the text today. O Lord, I beseech thee, may thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant, and the prayer of thy servants who delight to revere thy name and make thy servants successful today. In other words, use me, make me successful today and grant him compassion before this man. Who's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the king. He's choosing a course of action. He desires for God to use him and he's making himself available for God to go to work in his life. When we have a burden on our hearts and we begin to pray and we praise him, when we, when we look and we persevere and we, we are persistent in regards to that, when we are faithful to confess our sins and to communicate the burden that we're carrying and when we present ourselves to say, I am available for you to use me ever how you desire to use me, O Lord. Will you go to work in my life and help me to deal with this burden that I'm facing? Maybe, like I said, it's, it's something personal in your own life. You've got a burden. You say, God, I need you to forgive me, and I need you to begin to work in me. Maybe you've got a burden for someone that's hurting, someone that's lonely, someone that's struggling, some, someone that, that, that's outcast. God, I want you to use me. I'm available for you to use me in that situation. Maybe there's someone that you know that, that they're lost. And they're going down the wrong road in life. And they're making the wrong choices in life. And you've got a burden for their lostness and, and for their eternal destination. And you begin to pray, God, I want you to use me. Forgive me of my sins. I confess maybe I've been part of the problem. Maybe I haven't been the example that I should be for them. Maybe I haven't, haven't communicated the truth as I should. Maybe I haven't been the servant you called me to be in communicating the gospel message like we talked about last week. But God, I'm now available. I now want you to go to work and use me in a great way. That I can do something significant about this problem that we're facing. I think his final statement is such a powerful and telling statement. And he says this, I was a cupbearer to the king. We understand that that is a lowly position. We understand it's, it's an expendable person is really what that means. And so Nehemiah had a humble heart. He knew that God could do great things. He knew that God could use him, and he made himself available to be used by God, but he also identified, I'm a nobody. 
I'm just a cupbearer to the king. I, I'm just a lowly servant that is expendable in any circumstance and situation. But God, if you choose, I know you can use me. And if we'll come to him with a heart of humility, and we will come to him believing in his power and his ability to use us, he can use even the most humble of servants. Even the least of these he can use in a mighty way. But we have to make ourselves available. And we have to begin with prayer to seek God's guidance and God's direction and to ask how he might use us. There's a song by Casting Crowns. And, and the title of the song is simply Nobody. And, and there's a lot in this song, but there's a few phrases that I want us to listen to for just a moment as we prepare to close this morning. It says, Moses had stage fright. When David brought a rock to a sword fight, you picked 12 outsiders that nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me saying, who do you think you are? The song says, I'm just a nobody. But I'm trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. What a powerful message. I'm just a nobody. But I want to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. And then it goes on and it says this. I like these closing words. So let me go down, down, down in history as another blood-bought faithful member of a family. And if they all forget my name, well, that's fine with me. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. All I want is for this burden to be affected by the power of the Lord. For Him to allow His Spirit to help me to carry that burden. And it begins with prayer. It continues with persistence. It is followed through with confession and admitted to, to my role and my part and my shortcomings but then believing in the promise of God that He will use anybody who will become available for His Spirit to work in our hearts and our lives. So, as we begin this new year, I wonder today, what is the burden that's in your heart? What is it that burdens you today about your life about the lives of those around you, family, friends, loved ones that are lost, burdens about the hurt, those that are hurt and struggling in life. What is your burden for this year? And if there's a burden on your heart today, the way that we begin to deal with that burden is coming to the Lord in prayer, humbly submitting before Him and saying, listen, I'm a nobody. But I'm available if you will use me.